0: Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. this question, but I think I already know the answer is, uh, you know, you think one of the things I was thinking of is how many of us um, have been either worried or intrigued or upset or frustrated about the coronavirus? Okay. Everyone, right? I mean, every single person around has had something like this. We've talked about it. We have opinions about it. We're worried about it. And again, my point isn't to say we shouldn't. I'm just saying this is the reality it's rare that you can go anywhere, to, to a store, to a website, to a news channel, and it isn't about the coronavirus. It's everywhere. We're doing everything we can to, like, let's not get this thing and let's not transmit this thing, right? Uh, it's amazing that just the amount of zeal that we have, of distance and protection, and this is so horrible, right? Right? And here's the interesting thing about it is there's a worse virus out there. Okay, but you got to believe that for real, because here's the thing. Look at what we're doing. Okay, look at what we're doing. And, and what are we talking about? We're talking about being trained by Jesus. Okay, that means you got to put your headspace into a place where it's like, when I woke up this morning, me and Jesus might have had a cup of coffee. And then we're walking and he's giving me input and we're talking. And you know what's crazy? I don't have to make that up. It's in the New Testament. It's right there, how he trained people. He didn't change because it's the year 2000. He didn't change because the millennials say this and the baby boomers say that. and all. He didn't change because this country's No, 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 no. See, Jesus', Jesus way transcends every culture. Okay? But here's the thing, and this is a big concern. Um, there is a much more deadly, okay? Here, here's the thing. A hundred percent of people that contract and are not cured of sin go to hell it's a hundred percent there's no you know there's there is no like man what's the death rate what's all this man this virus called sin is deadly i i'll bet you though here's the deal okay is this might not be something that we've spent much time about, or we have kind of this roadblock of going, okay, here we go. Now you're going to tell me what to do and what not to do and and all of these things, okay? But here's the interesting thing. Here's what the world is telling us. You aren't sinful. The world's saying, don't feel bad about you. All right? And understand the gospel isn't saying don't feel bad about you either. The gospel's saying, no, feel great about Jesus. Okay? It'd be horrible. We should feel bad if there was no answer. Right? But there's this virus, and it's everywhere. Most people in this world have it and are contagious. Okay? If you've been washed of this virus, if you've been baptized into Christ, you're not immune from it. Okay, You can get it. Thankfully, the blood of Jesus is covering us, but there's still this idea of, man, I could walk back into the world and just, I can get, in fact, you wonder what's amazing about this virus, about sin? What's, here's what's amazing about this, is that even if you are immune, okay, the blood of Jesus has covered you, when you dabble in it, you almost become more contagious than anyone on this planet. Because when somebody who says, no, I follow Jesus, but I'm going to live this way, you want to know what? You are the most dangerous person in the world because you destroy faith and you stop encouraging people. You show the world this is a lie. Like, I'm not interested in this at all. And so, again, I want you to follow our progression as we're talking about being trained by Jesus. Last week, we we talked about the Word of God and how Jesus, that's what our training manual is. We have to be serious about that. We've got to be in the Word. But we're also talking today about just this very simple concept of sin. All right? And here's the fascinating thing. Um, there's kind of a disconcerting story here. Look over at Luke chapter 5, okay? Um, And again, get into a headspace of of listening to Jesus. You know, it's amazing. Would would Jesus have all kinds of new things to tell us? Um, You know, probably not. He'd probably quote himself from 2,000 years ago. (laughs) He goes, remember, Keith? Like, Jesus, what am I supposed to do about this? Well, you remember? They wrote about this, okay? Luke 5, there's this story here about this man, uh, and uh, he was paralyzed, okay? And so just think about this for a second. Your your greatest need or maybe your greatest fear uh, of happening to you. Let's say you were paralyzed. Let's say you were incapacitated. Let's say something happened to you physically, Okay? Here's the thing about physical stuff that happens to us. Our brains get hijacked into thinking the most important thing is that I get better as quickly as possible. Okay, that's what, that's us in the physical world is saying, no, 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 this physical body has to get better. And then Jesus sees this guy and they lower this guy down. He can't walk right in front of Jesus. and And they're thinking, this is it. My buddy Bob is going to walk again. <laughs> He's going to get up and walk. This is great. And Jesus is like seeing their faith. Wouldn't that be cool if Jesus was a friend? He's like, Your faith is so awesome. And he says this Your sins are forgiven. A uh, little bit disappointing. <laughs> Boy, it challenges us what we want from Jesus. But Jesus, I thought you were going to give me something. But I wanted to go to school and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and that job. I did. and I, You don't understand. There's a bigger problem than what you have on earth with your jobs and physical health and all this kind of stuff is this virus, this sin. There's a bigger problem, okay? And unfortunately, I think it's becoming more and more like there's so many things that you read about sin. And don't use that word. It's archaic. It's white noise. Nobody, okay, fine. But you got to know what it is. You, you got to know what it is. This is one of those topics that, in my experience, when I'm hit between the eyes with something, I have extreme responses, okay? It's it's amazing. I hope you have that too, okay? I hope it's like that for you. And so Jesus, again, He knows. He knew what it would take as well. Jesus knew that what it's going to take is is Him dying. Like, He knew that's how serious it was, okay? Okay? Like, like, put yourself in that situation if you're like, I could end this virus right now if I were to just die. All right? You want to talk about pressure? <laughs> you want to talk about fear? You want to talk? But he knew, okay? And so I think a lot of times, if we were to sit down with Jesus, and I thought about this, and I've been thinking about this for a few, if I were to sit down with Jesus and say, Jesus, talk to me about sin, because okay. what's interesting in the Gospels, the Gospels don't go into a lot of specifics necessarily about a whole lot of sin. I mean, we have lists of sin in different books that Paul wrote. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus just like goes in there and just he talks about sin, assuming his audience knows it. OK, and his audience does know it. The Jewish people, they know about sin. OK, when you were a little Jewish kid, you know what you learn and how you learn to read and what your, your textbook in school is. It's the Torah. Okay, so think about it. You learned to read, reading about Adam and Eve in the garden, right, about Cain and Abel. You understood sin. You understood in Exodus. You understood when the Israelites sinned against God. There was this huge motif, okay? And here's the truth of the matter is, I think most of us know what sin is too, okay? I think think most of us do. If not, we can ask a little bit about that. But the thing about it is, is, is... uh, Jesus, Jesus would start with that and go, you want to know what? Here's the deal. Let me start here. Okay? And again, Jesus, just talk to me about sin. Okay. I think the first thing Jesus would do is just say, right here. Stop, stop and look. <laughs> right? Just, just look. Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> do I need to say that, that my hands have holes in them? Right? I died for this. How serious should you take it, okay? And again, here's here's the crazy thing is, is man, we're being duped. So many of us being duped by sin. You think you're okay. You're not serious about it. But I want to ask you this. How serious do you want your spouse to be about faithfulness? If you're not married, your future spouse. Are you really okay with your spouse coming in and going, no one's perfect? You okay with that? Hey, you, you okay going, your spouse going to a bar, flirting? You okay with that? Right? You okay with your spouse being unfaithful with your money? You, you okay with that? No, no, no. Because in our selfishness, we're like, no, man, I'm going to lash out, and it's going to be so... And we're going, but hold on a minute. Jesus is... We're, we're the bride of Christ. <laughs> okay? You don't play with this. Could you imagine? Could you, abs- could you imagine your spouse saying... "I'm"? Listen, chill out, man. Don't make me feel guilty. All right? So think about that on a worldly level. And Jesus goes, going, no, no, no. See, here's the thing is, is, is I, the church is my bride. Okay? The church, how serious should you take it? Okay? H- how much humor should there be? How, how fun should it be? Right? So Jesus, I think it's kind of a good thing for us to get an idea of, can you picture sin? A lot of times we think it's just an inanimate object. It's just inanimate. It's just like a decision or something like that. Turn over to Genesis chapter 4, okay? Right at the beginning. And, and it's, it's cool. Like, you know, I have this little daydream about Jesus going, well, man, Keith, you kind of remember this story, right? Genesis 4 about Cain and Abel and all these things. And God gives this story, this 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 uh, kind of uh, commentary on sin. And so after uh, Cain killed Abel in chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious? And why do you look despondent? If you do what's right, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you. But you must rule over it, okay? Did you know that sin has a desire? There's a, there's a quality of life to that. Is this idea of sin and just like, like some piece of trash laying over there that you decide you're going to go pick up, okay? It's this idea of sin going I, it, like a parasite, like it's living. It, it actually desires for me and you, all right? Wouldn't that be? How scared would you be if the coronavirus was like that, like it was seeking you out? Like it was hunting you down to kill you, okay? Would we change it? Look at what we're doing, and it isn't, okay? Socialism, all these things, all these precautions. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like we need to probably be more serious about sin. I think it's more deadly, right? In James chapter 1, um, a- a- again, this is, this is James here writing this, but he gives us another like a commentary on sin, okay, that it isn't like this inanimate thing. Can you imagine, like, right here and right now, what's going on to get you to not hear this? Uh, Can you imagine? What if it came into the physical view? We would be terrified to see what's in here, trying to fight And all. James 1, verse uh, uh, 13. No one undergoing a trial should say I'm being tempted by God for God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone but each person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. So you're going, hey man, you don't know what? Satan's one thing. I'm probably my worst enemy, my own evil desires, okay? Then, so we get drawn away because of our own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. It, it, here's the crazy thing is, 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 I don't know if you believe that to be true. Okay, you, you've seen brothers and sisters infected with sin, and take it, and walk with it, and run with it, and embrace it. And, and you all know what we keep doing? Encouraging them. No, no, Encouragement. Uh, Hey, you got coronavirus? How good is this? Hey, feel better. Really? It doesn't help me at all. But we encourage We're not real. We're so, here's the thing is, we're so scared. Like, we don't want to be called judges. We don't want to judge people, okay? I mean, that's kind of like the generational thing. Millennial, Gen Z, all that kind of stuff. You want to know what? Here's the interesting thing about generation. I get it. My generation was like that too. We thought the generation before us was stupid, and you know what's funny is the generation before me thought the generation before them was stupid. <laughs> okay? Like, I get it. But here's the thing is, is, is keep fighting against like, being serious about sin, and we will be destroyed. You know, if the only thing they can say about me when they plant me in the ground is, you know what? The dude never said a judgmental thing, and nobody, he helped no one become a Christian. I'd be like, dang, that's not what I'm shooting for. I'm not shooting for least judgmental. I'm shooting for let's be serious about what Jesus is serious about here. Okay. And so we have to get this idea of what we're talking about here, okay? Because it's it's truly diabolical what's going on. Okay, turn to Hebrews 3. It, it is truly diabolical. It preys on our arrogance. Okay, here's the thing: if you want to speed up the virus, pride and arrogance speed it up. It's a catalyst. Okay, that's what happens, okay, is this idea of I'm good. He can't get me. I'm fine. Listen, it's no big deal, okay? Hebrews 3, verse 12. Watch out, brothers, so there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. But encourage each other daily while still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deceitfulness. All right? Here's the crazy thing. If we're gonna understand what this is, and really have like, like, the deep understanding of Jesus, if Jesus is gonna go, listen, Keith, I gotta have you know something, dude. You're in a battle that's the enemy's deceitful, wants to kill you, doesn't care about you, has no soul. Okay, there's no, there's no re- any kind of like uh, uh, a worry in sin coming at you. It's just like a cold-blooded killer trying to infect and trying to replicate. And it's like, you know who we get? The pride and the arrogant think I'm cool. You don't get it, Keith. Man, I'm awesome. You don't get how, look how clever I am. Look how cute I am. Look at my great sense. Nuh-uh. Listen, you don't ever see that war. I don't ever see that. I haven't been in war, but I don't see that in war movies. You know, you don't see guys like this. Oh, yeah, look at it. No, 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 man. They're hunkered down. Like, it's not, I don't have, no bullet's going to hit me. Mm-mm. Okay. Sin comes after that. Sin comes after we're being deceived. Here's the thing. And um, and, and next week, we're, we're going to touch on this a little bit more. Um, here's the fear. I feel like the tipping point has been reached right now of preaching about entertainment choices. Because I feel like there's a group of you that don't care. Okay. You just don't care. You don't believe it. You go, but Keith, they have this sex scene on there, but you don't see anything. Okay, well, what if I told you, hey, I just came from my neighbor's house, and I was watching my neighbor's have sex through the window. I didn't see anything. Would you be like, oh, that's cool then. Like, it's cool to be a voyeur. It's cool to want to see other people have sex. It's cool to see other people naked. It's cool to see other people who are just pure evil. Okay? And so I feel like, you want to know what? I almost feel like there's a part of me that's like, Keith, just stop even talking about that. Because it's like like that message is like, no, you're just an old man that doesn't get it. And I'm not going to be watching all Hallmark and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you want to know what? Fine. Sin will kill you. Okay, we will watch you die. That's sad to say. Okay, I've watched brothers and sisters slowly die. Okay, because of the arrogance of going, no, 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 no. I'm doing what I want to do, okay? We're being deceived of relationships, money, things. Here's the other thing we're really deceived about from today, from, from just our world today, is the dignity of human beings. E- every one of us sitting here, okay? Don't, don't get on your high horse about how you have the dignity for, no, 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 no. Here's the thing is, is our go-to is to go after and destroy people that don't, aren't like us. That don't believe the same thing as us. That's our MO. And when I say oh, I, mean Christians' MO. All right? L- let me keep doing this. You know, as we're being deceived by sin, you know, it's interesting. There's a few glaring omissions I've noticed um, in our anger as a society, um, in our anger. Um, one of the things that I have noticed is that what we want in the form of justice is for there to be punishment brought. Okay? And, and, and what it's like, no, dude, if, you, if you're in a position of authority and you do something, man, I'm going to put your picture up. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to, and, and this isn't even popular to preach about, okay? But here's the interesting thing. You know Jesus ran into somebody like that? Does anybody here know that? Anybody here know that? Jesus ran into this guy. And it's interesting because I'm going, dude, you know what? This looks so different than how Jesus did it. And I can picture Jesus going, hey, Keith, come here. Let me tell you a little story, okay, about deception and about how, how even the deceit of sin makes you feel superior to everybody. Like I know something, everybody else is so dumb. They're not connected like me, okay? But over here in Luke chapter 19, you can turn over there. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus meets this guy named Zacchaeus, okay? Zacchaeus has been extorting the people in his town, stealing, oppressing, taking money, taking money away that was for food, taking money away. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine somebody in your neighborhood and they're doing that and they have the blessings of the government? And here comes Jesus. Okay. Contrast what you're seeing today with what you saw then. Okay, do you know this story? Let's read it. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but wasn't able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, because today I must stay at your house. So quickly he came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to lodge with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said, look, right here, right now, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've extorted anything, I'll pay back four times as much. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Do you think that community changed? I think it did. I think you have the one guy. All right? And I want you to look at the difference, okay, of of our world today. And I wonder how many of us are praying that God will send a racist to us. To help them see the gospel. Like the worst. Like, Jesus, send me the person who's the most prejudiced, who hates the most. So I can share the gospel. I wonder how much that's going on in our prayer life. I don't think much. How many of us are praying that God... I don't have a lot of influence, but please send me somebody who can influence large groups and systems. Send me someone who's unjust so that when they become yours, they affect lots of people. Are you praying that prayer? Probably not. You're deceived into thinking people are the enemy. And the way to go after sin is with sin, right? And so that's the thing. we got to be serious about this because here's the deal. You want to be trained by Jesus? Okay. You can't just go to, but he, he turned over the tables. I'm like, come on, read that. You know better. Read that in context, please. Okay. Don't, don't just throw things out there. All right. But you look at this and I'm going, Jesus, yeah, just train me, man. I need training in this. <laughs> I need Jesus to walk with me in this. Because, listen, I, I've been roughly a disciple the same amount of years as I was alive before I was a disciple. And here's the interesting thing. After like 23 or 24 years, you know what's interesting? I need more training in sin. (laughs) Okay? I do. Because it's like, here's what we're like. We get dumb in a hurry. All right? Is this idea of going, man, here's how I know that. How many of you have ever said, because I know I've said this and we've talked about it. Okay? Man, I can't believe I had to go back and learn that over again. (laughs) Okay? Okay? Because we need the shepherd. We need Jesus to continually train us and to know, man, you know what? Right now, I'm being deceived and so are you with sin. Okay? Here's the interesting thing. This is sin. This is what sin will do. This is the deception of sin. Um, there, there's some. You're, you're not coming around people for a, for a perfect reason. Okay? It's because you're susceptible to corona. You're, you're anxious, sincerely anxious about corona. But there's some who aren't here because you're in sin. And this is a great excuse. Amen. I, can, I can just say that I don't want to get. And you know you're sitting right now in your front room in sin. Okay. I don't know. You, you gotta be, listen, here's the funny thing about it is, is like it's not gonna just go away on its own. Okay? Here's the crazy thing about sin as well, okay? Is that in 2 Corinthians 2. Verse eleven. Let's take a look there, okay? Second Corinthians two, verse eleven. down the wrong verse oh goodness yeah you know I wrote down the wrong thing that's okay though I'll tell you what it's about and if you know it just shout it up because it's not coming to my mind okay is Satan masquerades as an angel of light okay here's the thing about sin sin is religious okay it's not. Yeah, the world has it, but, but Satan's thing is is no 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 no. I'm going religious. I'm going like looking good. I'm going to make people think that they are okay. All right. And so you gotta let this. You just gotta let this sink in. Okay. You're going, man. You mean it's deceitful? Wants to kill me? Here's the other thing that Satan does. Turn over to Second Timothy chapter three. This is crazy here. Okay, this angel of light, Satan who masquerades as an angel of light. Okay, I want you to, we're going to read through this in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But know this difficult times will come in the last days. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful and proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Paul writes, avoid these people. (laughs) Okay? Uh, Avoid these people, okay? Because here's the thing about it is, is this is what Satan can do too, is go down that list, some of these for each and every one of us are sins that we are acceptable to me and you. That they're acceptable. And how, how do I know that? I, I'm just not that convinced to change. I'm really not that convicted it's that big a deal. Like, some are okay for me not to have. All right? And here's the thing being trained by Jesus, I could see Jesus going, but Keith, look at my hands, man. <laughs> like, this is it's serious. Like, there's no like, acceptable level that you can go, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good right there, okay? And and you look at this and you're going, "Man, what is it?" Um, lovers of self, is it the lovers of money, ungrateful. You're like, "No, but what I'm what I'm really convicted about is brutal. Man, I'm really not brutal." <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, man. Let's, let's be real. This takes some honesty and some accountability here." Here's the other thing that so so again, we're in this training process with Jesus, and he's like, let me give you an idea of what you're dealing with here. Okay? It's diabolical. It wants to kill you. It wants to get inside of you and grow until you die, and it wants to get in your kids and grow until you die, and your friends, and all of these things. And, and you're going to get all everywhere, looking all these kind of places, and all this kind of stuff. And here's the interesting thing he said, and then you want Satan who, who masquerades as an angel of light? It's Satan who does that? Okay? You know what he's going to have you do? Is the same thing he had. Uh, Adam and Eve do? <laughs> Hide. Hide. Okay? D- don't go around people. Or when you do, here's the thing. And this is my own experience, okay? You, 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 you examine you, okay? When there is sin that I'm just kind of like latched onto, okay? When there, when there is sin, okay, and I start having people around me talk about it, you want to know what I do? Chatterbox. Proverbs 10, verse 19 says, where words are many, sin is not far. <laughs> okay. There's a way we hide just by talking. Okay. We just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. All right. And we do it in our small groups and we do it in our family groups. And it's like, we're going to be like throwing, you know, let me put the smoke screen over here so you won't figure me out. And you don't forget, you forget, man, it, you're talking about people. God knows. Okay, and so it's that idea of I can hear Jesus saying, "Listen, dude, don't fall for these." Okay, here's the best thing to do is just be still and hear it (laughs) and examine it. Okay, speed is is deadly in this because we'll miss something. Okay, it's sit down and go. You know what? Uh, God, talk to me. What is it? What's that? What's going on in me that maybe I don't see? And you've got to just be silent. And you've got to go through these passages and you got to go, what is it? Right? We're going to talk more next week about, you know, moving on from there. But here's the thing then, practically speaking, Jesus, what'd you do? Like, like what can I actually like, practically do? John chapter 8, okay? The best hits of Jesus here, right? And I want you to think is this how we disciple one another when it comes to sin? Okay, I want you to think about it, okay? Because, again, if we're saying, I follow Jesus, but I say, but I'm not doing what you say to do, okay? So you have Jesus, and we know this story. Um, He said, you know, they have this this woman who's caught in adultery, and everybody's around her, like, listen, let's kill her. The law says we can throw stones. We can do all those kind of things, okay? And Jesus said, well, the the first one, if you don't have a sin, go ahead, Right? And, and we know that story, and we, we love it. It's awesome, and the people go away. And he goes up to the woman, right? And he says, uh, woman, it, right here in verse 10. Uh, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. And you want to know what? That's where we usually stop, <laughs> right? I want you to feel okay. I'm not, don't let people condemn you. Don't let people judge you. He says, no, no. Hey, can you imagine the lady? Can you imagine me and you? Jesus going, but stop a minute look me in the eyes. Go and sin no more. <laughs> okay. Look, like, like we need to have some eye-to-eye conversation with Jesus. Hey, hey come here, dude. <laughs> look, you do that with kids, right? Kids, are, they don't want to hear, they're all over the place. You know, even older kids do that. don't you know no, Jesus, no, no, look me in the eye. I ain't joking. <laughs> okay. Go and sin no more. Leave it. All right. There, there's other kind of parallels to that when Jesus teaches, like, if your right hand or your eye causes you to sin, cut it off. Right? I mean, there's this idea of, of get rid of it, leave it, go. Okay? First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. Verse 5. Now this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. There is absolutely no darkness in Him. If we say we have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in darkness, we're lying. We're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness righteousness okay Uh, again understand something satan is going to try to get us to do the least amount possible and go okay if you this is what i this is what i've latched on to before if we say we have no sin we're deceiving ourselves hey you know what man i have sin all good (laughs) i'm not gonna say i don't have sin i have sin Hayes, i have sin caitlin i have sin i have sin it's all good all right instead of going hold on a minute come out with it (laughs) Come out with it. Let's, like, personalize it. Like, like, talk to me. I'm not talking about you've got to come up here and tell everybody. But it's uh, see other No, 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 what is it, though? Because confession isn't just verbalizing something. It's actually also agreeing that God is right. It's not just saying, oh, man, I was sexually immoral. I looked at pornography this week. Okay. Uh-uh. Do you believe that was wrong, though? <laughs> because that's where a lot of us get stuck in sin. We verbalize something, and we don't come to any conclusion that there's anything wrong with it because we think confession's like this magic thing. If I just confess it, it'll go, away. no, no. Confess it and agree with God. This is hurtful, deadly, you know, just unfathomable in light of the cross of Jesus, right? <clears throat> so he has this, he's, he, here's what he would train us do, leave it. <laughs> leave it. Confess it, all right? Get, get some people and just get real and, and honest and Here's the other thing. Well, how do I do that? Well, there's this daily practice. We have to daily assess our hearts. We can't wait till it's too late. All right. See, this is what happens to me. Okay. What ends up happening to me is, is I can keep all this junk in. Okay. And it doesn't even have to always be sin. It could just be pressure. It could just be concern. It can just be, worry. it can be whatever it is. And I keep it all in and keep it all in. And I'm going, you don't know what? The first week is not too bad. The third week is not too bad. The eighth week is not too bad. But 12 weeks into it, and I'm a mess because it's just all of this stuff that's just not meant to be kept in us. It's not meant to be kept in there, okay? I mean, that's what we talked about before. I mean, these guys who we, you know, back in the 90s, you had like Dr. Phil, right? And everyone thought Dr. Phil was like the greatest guy in the world because people were like, I talked to Dr. Phil, and I feel so much better afterwards. Well, no kidding, because he's cheating off Jesus, man. I mean, Jesus is saying it. He's like, man, just... And here's the interesting thing. You're going, but Keith, Jesus didn't say that in 1 John 1. Actually, move up a few verses, and what John says is, I'm passing along to you what he told me. We're getting a second-generation teaching right here, okay? And so you look at this, and it's this idea of daily assessment. Catch it when it's little. (laughs) Catch it in temptation phase. Catch it, right? Right? be accountable and responsible. Own it. This is me, man. No one made me do it. And, and here's where a lot of times the emotional response comes out. We start looking for people to blame. All right. Smokescreen. But you did this and you said that. and you Instead of going, you want to know what? This is me. Let me own it. Let me own it. Okay. Got to do it. Leave it. Confess it. Matthew chapter 6. Okay, again, in our, in our training program with Jesus, Matthew chapter 6, he teaches them how to pray, right? Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Forgive us our sins, right? As we forgive those who sin again. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those. And, and, and so he's teaching us, like, dude, when you pray, like, be mindful of the things that are going on in your heart that you need me to intercede in. Be, be mindful of those things. Verse 14, though, he says, For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. Okay? So this is part of the training process: is leave it, confess it, right? Forgive sin well. Let's be good at that. How about that? How about we be good at that? This seems like something important to Jesus. Okay, because he's like seriously going. Like, if you can't do this, then I don't know. (laughs) Like, don't don't assume God's going to do it. So, you know, again, you can be saying, Keith, you don't understand. It's not that simple. I'm, I'm not saying it's simple. I'm saying none of this is simple. I'm saying I can't hit every single one of your points. But if you're looking and you're struggling, all I can say is, like, get some people around you. Get in the Word and pray and come up with a plan, you know. So I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm saying it's this idea of, yeah, you want to know forgiveness isn't easy. Let's do it well, though. How about we do it well as the church? That'd be a good thing, huh? Let's not do complaining well, right? Let's not do lukewarm well, right? Let's not do prayerlessness well. Let's not do nonjudgmental. Let's do forgiveness well. Let's do love well. Let's do these things, okay? And then 1 John chapter 2, again, Jesus saving the best for last. Jesus... I'm going, man, I mean, could you imagine sitting down and Jesus giving us the history of sin and knowing sin and seeing what it does and having paid the price? I mean, there's nobody else who could teach us this, okay? 1 John chapter 2. Verse 3. This is how we are sure that we come to know Him. That's a good, good statement. It's a good statement, okay? And remember, this is John. Verse 5, he says, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. (laughs) Okay? This is how we are sure that we have come to know him, by keeping his commands. We lost 80% of the population with that. (laughs) No one's going to tell me what to do. See, I told you, Jesus is just about do's and don'ts. Again, think about your spouse. How would you love that? You come up here and go, man, my spouse is great, but she's all about lists of do's and don'ts. Like, I can't go and flirt. I can't go to the bar. I can't go out with other women. I can't. Like, that's, come on. And the church going, come on, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, what's up with that? We're not about lists. Man, you should just go and be faithful to her because you feel like it. Like, that's what we do in church, though, right? We're like, obedience. No, no, no. I won't do that because then that could overhaul, like, my heart. Like, my heart needs to be there. Okay? Okay, go home and tell that to your spouse. <laughs> Use that one. For real. Go out and be unfaithful and use that one. All right. You already know it's not going to work. <laughs> imagine it. If you're not married, imagine it happening. Coming home and saying, man, you know, what? my heart today, my heart wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in it. And so, gosh, you know, I just stayed on porn, porn all day. But I mean, come on, don't give me a rule, a list of rules, a do's and don'ts. Don't tell me you think you think your spouse going to say that. You think so? That's how deceived we are. We think, well, there's one standard for us in my relationships, but then God, I'm like, come on now, be easy. You know, obedience, you're talking about obedience here. He says, but here, this is is it right here. This is how we know we have come to know him, by keeping his command. The one who says, I know him, but doesn't keep his commands, hold on here, is a liar. And the truth is in him. that's heavy <laughs> he's not talking about the world all the people he's saying no 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 if you say if you're sitting here and you say you're a christian and the commands don't mean anything to you and you're not even trying to follow him he's like you're just a liar you're just a liar the truth isn't in you but whoever keeps his word truly in him the love of god is perfected isn't that awesome He says, wouldn't it be cool if you knew the love of God could be perfected inside of us? He says, follow me. See, that's nothing I'm doing. Follow me. Like, listen to me. Like, pay attention when I tell you not to do something. It's just like you parents. And you tell your kids, like, don't run across 123, right? Don't, like, go and climb in the stove and turn it on. I mean, all of these things we tell them because we know that we don't want you to get hurt. Jesus is like the same way. He said, "Follow me, and I, and my love will be perfected in your heart." Well, Jesus, how does that work, dude? You, you're not smart enough to know that. <laughs> okay, none of us are. Okay, now Jesus, tell me, how is that love? For, no, 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 dude. You wait till you come and see me in heaven. But I'm telling you what's going to happen here. Okay. The one who says uh, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as Jesus walked. Okay, and they use the term walking as a life. Live a life that way, okay? Boy, I'll tell you, man, I get done reading this, and I'm going, golly, man. Uh, (laughs) It's so easy to get caught up in so many different things. And here's the other thing, okay? I don't know if you feel this or not. I feel like with all of these things going on with uh, racism and just injustice and coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, I feel like it's just the time is ripe that I feel. Like, I can become just the, um, like, I can have these opinions, I can have these thoughts, I can have these ideas that I think really are, like, the answer, <laughs> okay? Like, it's so profound. And I am no, 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 I see the answers are here. <laughs> but I seriously do that. Like, I'll go through Twitter and I'll see it. I'm like, no, man, here's what you need to do. And, and you guys see them too, okay, is... The 12 things the church needs to do during coronavirus. I'm like, who told you the 12 things? 12 things? How do you know? You've never been through a coronavirus before. How do you know? It's because we get, like, tempted to be prideful, right? The five things society needs to do so racism goes away. Really? Is that simple? (laughs) Wow. How come we had not figured that out in billions of years? You know? I mean, really, here's the deal is, remember what I'm telling you. Sin flourishes where there's pride. All right, that's the sin flourishes where there's pride, where we think, I know the answer. If everybody just, man, you're so dumb. And okay, and and here's the deal. We live in a time that we're all elevating ourselves. Okay, and understand it's ripe for sin to come in. It it is absolutely ripe instead of humbly going, you know what, Jesus, you know better than anyone. (laughs) You, You know, don't let me go spouting off. About all these things? Unless it's you. Right. Here's the truth going back. We're in a worldwide, history-long pandemic. (laughs) Okay. This has been going on since the beginning, and it's killed everyone that hasn't dealt with it. Okay. The numbers are in the trillions. Okay. How about this as a church? How about we maybe look a little different than the world in dealing with things. Because here's the deal. Right now, the world's got us beat. Okay? The world's got us beat because it's got to, we're scared and, and protecting ourselves, and rightfully so. But we are so serious about not getting this virus. And sadly enough, I think, as disciples, the church can be not the same way towards something much deadlier, mm-hmm. <laughs> something much more diabolical. All right. Yeah. Something much more. Next week, though, here's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> you go, what should I do, man? Well, we're going to talk about the plan to stop it. OK, but, but we got to. Hey, there got to be some accountability, acceptance of, of uh, responsibility, some examination. OK, um, and next week we'll talk about more. But let's stop here and let's go to God in prayer.